Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, thank you for having me. So I only found your work really recently. And as I was saying, it just so beautiful, like everything you post is so beautifully articulated and expressed and resonates with me so deeply. So I was so happy when you said you had time to schedule an interview and we can get into these concepts because yeah, I'm really um yeah, really passionate about sharing this idea of divine feminine and why it's important to us at this time. Most of my work ends up being with women. I didn't plan it that way, but it's women that are drawn to my work. And I think it helps us so much at this time to really understand that divine feminine frequency and what it's all about. So I'd really love, first of all, if you would be happy to share, like, how did you come to this work in the first place? It's very specific what you're what you're sharing. Yes. So it's, it was a long journey. <laughs> so I, I started writing songs and poetry when I was around 12 years old. And so that was really when I started beginning to tap into the collective consciousness and to my own subconscious. I wasn't really sure what I was doing back then, but I, I had an idea. Um, and I did focus on relationships for the most part with my music but some of it was about you know soul searching um and then I got into uh the spiritual communities probably around like 19 I started going through an awakening process and I also was in the entertainment industry around that time and I left and I started studying child development so that kind of layered on top of my um, exploration of spirituality. And then I brought back in the music for a little bit. And then that turned more into just writing. And mm -hmm. I began to just really focus on the masculine and feminine because I found that that's what I was working to balance within myself this mm -hmm. whole time. And I found that so many people were able to relate to that. They were going through the same. Mm, that totally makes sense that you've come at it more from an artistic creative perspective than as a a coach or a, a life coach or anything like that because it is it's so from the heart your work I feel yes yes I I always say you know I really am just I'm an artist and then I started coaching because people asked me to um but really you know I just I share from my heart and that's what I've been doing since I was a little girl and that's my intention mm. so when you do the coaching what kind of work do you do with people so I definitely tend to focus on relationships but also purpose as well because masculine and feminine energy you know it is reflected back to us in our relationships and as we work to bring those two together what we then begin to birth is our authentic purpose. And so, you know, I feel our purpose work really is just always what we're working on to bring that internal balance between our soul and our ego. And so it'll shift and it'll change. So a lot of times I'm coaching people with finding, you know, their a creative outlet or um, again, like I said, people are also working on finding deeper relationships or healing relationships that they're already in 
or, and it's, it's not just romantic, but sometimes it's, you know, struggling with family relationships and things like that. So again, the focus is relationship and, and purpose. Mm. I'm really curious about as well, is that we kind of, when you find a like-minded or I really love Mariam Hassan's work. I don't know if you know her, but she's as like-hearted. When you find a like-hearted um, person, like there's a commonality of understanding that, um, uh, you know, like you use terms like distorted feminine or wounded feminine as well as divine feminine. Like um, I'm really curious as to how we kind of arrive at the same understandings independently. How much do you feel that you're channeling and how much is coming from your personal experience and wisdom? I really think that channeling is is through our personal experience and wisdom because we are the the filter, so to speak, that is again like the sort of mouthpiece for for spirit, right? And so each of us has a unique and individual way of processing the information that's coming from source, but um, it's coming through, you know, from this one central location. And then each of us has our different stories that we've lived. And I think that, you know, there is ultimate truth, but that ultimate truth is going to look different depending on what your experiences are and the more that we come into alignment with our soul, I think that we get to these, these ultimate truths and then we find our soul family mm -hmm. and then we start using um, terminology that is similar because mm -hmm. it is something that's like encoded within that, that soul group. And so I do believe that a lot of people that follow me and resonate my, with my messages are, are part of my soul family. So let's get into it then. How would you define, define, define divine feminine energy? Yes. So I see the divine feminine as um, this, really the, the portal to the spiritual realm. And so I see the divine feminine as, as holding that energy that allows us to access what we can't see with our eyes, but we know is true. And that's really how I define her. Now, of course, as she comes down and she is embodied in different people, there are other qualities that we see, like the nurturing and sensuality and the open heartedness. But I see at like her highest um, embodiment or the highest example of her would be a portal. Amazing, amazing. And one of the things I really am enjoying about your messages is something we'll get into more as we go along. But um, like you're saying, it's the it's the purity of the expression. And you never um in some of the um some of the stuff that's shared around this, they tend to get into um putting the masculine in the kind of negative and you never do that you really hold space for the masculine as much as you're holding space for the feminine which I appreciate so much so what does divine masculine mean to you I definitely see divine masculine as as the action right and so I see it as especially because the divine masculine is in union with the divine feminine, because in order to achieve that title of divinity, I believe that there has to be that balance. And so the divine masculine is the ego in its highest expression. 
it's the ego achieved embodiment of of the higher self and so it's the way that we carry ourselves it's the way that we engage with the world it's our purpose it's um also the, the discernment right to really hold space for universal truth universal law and divine justice that's how i see the divine mm-hmm. masculine mm-hmm. I see it as well as like it's inspired action, right? So it's taking action, but from that place that's in touch with the divine feminine. So it's, um, it's yeah, it's inspired action. Yes, yes, I love that. I, I tend to say that it's, you know, when they come together, it's soul inspired action because it's the divine feminine, which I see as the portal to the spiritual realm and then the action of the ego mm-hmm. coming together. And and do things here on the planet, which is what we came here to do, is to to shift things and evolve and create. So, can you tell us about that? Can you tell us about how you see it that we um, unify those aspects within ourselves? Because it begins within the individual, right? Before we start talking about the the external manifestation. Yeah. Yes. So I really, you know, as we were saying before that, you know, I personally, I see myself as an artist. And so that's how I've always brought the two together is through creation. So having an idea that is inspired from my soul, that is coming from the other realms, and then actually taking that idea and turning it into something, somehow, some way to express and demonstrate here on the physical plane. That's what I truly see union as. And, you know, there's also this component of the heart openness that has to be there as well. And so I see the divine masculine as as a protector of of that heart openness of the feminine. Mm -hmm. And so that means, you know, setting boundaries. That means having complete clarity and discernment as to what is yours and what someone else's is so that you know your frequency and your signature and you protect that I see that as a union as well so it's really kind of the two components and that goes back to how I coach people where we look at both relationships and purpose Mm. and is that something that you've had to work at because I know for myself I was raised very much to be doing I'm in London it's all about do 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 and I had to really put a lot of energy and um, awareness into cultivating my divine feminine and learning how to um, be in surrender a lot and and come from that inspired place rather than my action coming from needing some kind of external validation. Is that a, a process that you had to go through yourself as well? Yes, I, I tend to explain that I... You know, oh, sorry, my chair is squeaking <laughs> against the wall. Um, it's for me. I I tend to be in my feminine more so than my masculine, and I always have been. So what I I struggle with is action, and so I've always had the intention and the soul inspiration, but I've always struggled with the self worth or the courage to actually take that and and put it into action and so in a way I feel you know like society in general is is going towards going more within and I'm almost backwards Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I 
go without because I've, right. I've really gotten to know the inner space very well. Right, right. So can you relate the work that you're doing to this time specifically? Like, why do you feel these archetypes are coming online for us now at this time? I feel that we are definitely, you know, evolving rapidly. And I feel that there is going to be this, you know, major shift with the shifting, like solidifying the age of Aquarius, where we're going to see people coming into union with soul family. And then we're also going to see people creating new systems and structures. And that's with that divine masculine energy, but it's in union with the divine feminine. Whereas before, I feel that a lot of what we've created has been around superficial feminine energy. So there's been this focus on um, kind of like the lower aspects of the feminine, where it's like aesthetics and pleasure. And I feel that we're getting to this place now where we're going to be aligning with more of like spiritual truths. And so that's going to change the way that all of us operate. And all the systems that we create operate. They're almost being upgraded. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I feel it's so important right now for people to get in touch with that inner balance within themselves. Because so many people are kind of hitting a wall with the old systems because they're they're dying. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, people keep trying to go back to them and pump more energy into them, but it's just like there's nothing left. Mm -hmm. So in order to create something new, we have to be in touch with the divine feminine because she is the the light bearer or you know the leader of, of evolution and so that's why i think it's so important right now with all of the breakdown of the old systems that we have somewhere to go and having somewhere to go means being in touch with our intuition right right and i feel like it's such a special time for us as you know for women like us we have so much freedom right we have so much sovereignty and that we're we can really choose how we want to live our lives in a way maybe our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents didn't have this level of freedom and what our generation are realizing is that we don't we don't want to uphold the patriarchy <laughs> we want to create new systems that are more more balanced and more fair right absolutely absolutely and I feel that you know we've gone through this whole process of you know there's a lot of us that are in our feminine energy that that wanted to destroy the patriarchy and so I understand that and I understand where that comes from because for so long the divine feminine has been like pushed out and she's on the outskirts and so I feel that what's happening is there's this softening and it's not and when I say softening it's not really a pleasant experience it really is a breakdown of, of the ego that's happening and it's it's softening those systems and structures that are paid that are developed from the patriarchy and it's allowing the space for the feminine to finally come in. And so when we speak of the rise of the divine feminine, I feel that it's almost, it's like, she's, she's always been there. It's just that she's never really been included. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're finally starting to see that now. Mm -hmm. Well, so the, the essence of divine feminine is love, right? So we just learn over and over and over again. That's how you really heal things is by holding a space of love. Even, even when it feels really difficult, you just have to dig even deeper and find that compassion in your heart, right? Absolutely. That, that open-heartedness that 
we can't really, we, we haven't been able to carry into the systems and structures because everything is so cold and mechanical and calculated. And so, you know, a lot of people are reaching a breaking point where they, they can't operate like that. Right. And so now we're realizing how important it is to merge the head with the heart. Right. Right. Um, could you speak on what you see as, I think you call it wounded feminine. Could you speak on what you see as that energy for us? Yes. So wounded feminine energy, you know, I definitely see that as, as, it's a byproduct of what's happened, right? With the systems and the structures that are so rigid and so head-based and logic-based that what happens is, you know, the feminine gets pushed aside and discarded. And so that can cause a lot of wounds within our feminine energy. And especially if you're a core feminine of feeling um, inadequate, feeling um, low self-worth, um, wanting to people please to be chosen, and to be seen and wanting external validation. And so I really see that, you know, as the core of what the wounded feminine mm -hmm. has or the issues um, in that wounded feminine archetype. Something I share a lot in my groups is I feel like, um, you know, on the soul's journey, we would have all been tortured or at least alienated or even killed for being in our divine feminine energy and that's why it's such a real wound because no doubt in a past life you have experienced very real and um traumatic <laughs> um, uh, results of, of of being a seer of being in that like you articulated so well at the beginning of, of being in that place where you're channeling from the unseen into the scene um so I feel like that is a big part of our work currently is to recognize how real that wound is and then to to heal it within ourselves yes yes I appreciate that so much and the work that you're doing to to allow people the space to process that because we do carry so much from these past lives and so many of us have been murdered abused um, put in situations where we could not speak our truth. So, so many um, people who carry that wounded feminine archetype will have a blocked throat chakra because of fear of if we say the wrong thing, we'll be taken out mm -hmm. by the patriarchy. So it's there. And so such a big part of that is going back in to the emotional body and clearing out all of those trauma, um, like the trauma coding, we could say, that the wounded feminine carries. Right. And, and how would you see the wounded masculine? So I see definitely the wounded masculine as, um, you know, the feeling of like not being able to protect the feminine mm -hmm. and feeling that, you know, the distorted masculine energy is running the show and that why even try, why events um you know try to set boundaries when I know I can't thrive if I go into that energy because I have to be cold and in the head so it's really this um complacency um similar to the wounded feminine there's a lack of self-worth but also it presents more with the, the masculine energy's lack of courage um kind of just getting into this place of apathy and just accepting things as they are and not feeling that 
you have the strength to to make a difference so the whole concept of twin flame i'd love to get into you into a bit with you um i think one of the first people i really started learning about the concept of it from was jen mccarty if you know jen mccarty she's written a book on twin flame um but you know like i was saying it's it's so one of my big curiosities is how we can all be independently receiving really similar information and even like really similar commonality of terms and and languaging that we're using it's obviously we're all connected somewhere <laughs> right I'm not sure exactly where that is but somewhere there's um we're reading the same books in the astral <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um so yeah it's it's um something that i am having direct experience of and you know i've interviewed laura fay on she's i think beautifully um expresses what those energies are about as well but as it's become something that you know nobody talked about twin flame in 2019 and now it's like there's loads of stuff about it but as always this happens with these things so much of what is the twin flame accounts I feel is really off key and really not not connected to what I perceive as the energies or what someone like Jen or Laura or yourself might perceive as the energies so um I'd love for you to explain why you don't refer to twin flame and, and why you're kind of keeping away from that concept yes I so I I used to a while ago I would I think about four years ago, I would use twin flame a lot. Um, and I would explain things through that journey. And then I began to see that, you know, we, we tend to see things or the, the ego tends to want to rush. And so we will assign labels to people that maybe it's not where we're at actually and um, that can get us into situations where we can be in abusive or, or toxic or repeating um, cycles where they're, you know, narcissistic behaviors and then an empath attachment. And so I see a lot of twin flame um, teachings going in that direction and using that, um, you know, like a using limerence right which is you know the obsessive thoughts and mm -hmm. feelings and not being able to to focus off of another person and using that as a way to to make money or to get fame and power because right. it's it's preying on a, a wound right and so i really i decided you know a couple of years ago that i wanted to stay away from those terms and get people to a place of self-empowerment mm -hmm. where that they're able to control those two energies within themselves we can't mm. control them and yes people come in and they are catalysts for us to develop that inner union and yes mm. I have an outer union as well I do believe that when we come to a place of inner union we call in our soul family and we often can even call in a romantic partnership that can be an example of the inner balance of the masculine and feminine within ourselves. Mm -hmm. But it's all happening inside first. And so there's really no need to focus on the external journey 
as much as there's a need to focus inside and then use the external journey as feedback to what's actually happening inside of you. And that's where you get the empowerment. And so I find that, you know, when people focus on, you know, know what's happening with another person they're giving their power away and that's actually mm-hmm. keeping up the full of wounded feminine mm-hmm. that's beautifully put because that's what i feel is like everything that happens is is all perfect for me <laughs> there's there's none yeah. of it that is it's all it's all a match the good stuff and the bad stuff, the stuff that i want and the stuff that i don't want it's all a perfect match for me to evolve to my highest potential yeah, it's, as they say, it's, it's all for you, right? It's all working for you. And there really aren't mistakes. It's really just redirections from the universe. And so, you know, we're constantly being realigned and we're constantly being shown things that we don't want so that we can understand better what we truly do want. Right. And it's also the dismantling of the ego that you've been talking about. And and I feel like this is a big part of the shift that we're being invited to make collectively is to um, to be able to trust ourselves more and just to work from that, that place where we're in connection rather than the ego wanting to control things and like you say, rush things and make things happen. It's, it's, a, it's totally an ego dismantling, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's why, you know, when we get into the labels and we really attach to those and assign those and we can get more into the ego space right and you know in order to progress on this soul journey we have to go within and so releasing the attachment to you know these labels is is important i think right right so can you talk about um some of the common um dynamics that you see happening between the the masculine and the feminine the external feminine the external masculine like what are the some of the common things that people work through because that's one of the things I was saying to you before we went live um just like all your messages just feel like they were perfectly (laughs) written for me and then I see that so many other people comment saying the same thing so you seem to be able to really get to the heart of like how we navigate those um that progress so what what are the some of the common um challenges that you see people working through so yeah, I'll just begin answering that by saying, so when I was 12 and I would write songs, I would find that the music that I wrote would always be in alignment with what was on the radio, um, with like pop music as far as the conflict between men and women. And so I was really aligned with that. And I didn't understand well that that was the masculine and feminine. And so, you know, I am seeing in general this desire for the masculine and feminine to come back into a place of union, but there's so much wounding on both sides and so much distortion that it's, it's impossible to really do that until all the stuff on both sides are cleaned up. And so that's what I tend to see right now. Um, I see a lot of core feminines working on that, that wounded space that place of feeling um, that they need to please or be chosen 
um, that kind of like pick me type of energy being cleared out. And then with the wounded masculine, I tend to see, again, it's the lack of courage, lack of believing that you're capable of, of building and creating here on this planet. And that, you know, let me just do things the way things people have always done them and really kind of sticking to um, like broken ancestral patterns. Um, the wounds of the father is what I tend to look at with masculine energy. Right. And then we also have the distorted manifestations. So we have the distorted feminine who has almost kind of stepped up and, and become the masculine in a way, but it's still coming from a feminine space. So it looks more like emotional manipulation right. instead of logic. And so there's a lot of that where the, the feminine in a, a way to defend herself has created this kind of false masculinity that uses emotional manipulation, preys on people's um, like shame and all that type of wounding. And I, I tend to associate that with like the distorted mother figure. Um, and there's, so there's a lot of that. And so we're working on that. And that actually keeps the wounded feminine down because I, I see that like the distorted mother reprimanding the wounded maiden. And so there's a lot of that dynamic and people can oscillate between the two. They can carry both within themselves. Actually, we right. all carry both, but you can also then embody one or the other. So, so some women can really embody the distorted mother while some women, women really embody the wounded maiden. Right. Right. Yeah, that's when I see a lot is um, because there was, um, I've been studying Tantra a bit, like the Taoist tradition, and I was reading something, or I think it was a video I was watching, and they they had a, I don't know if you're familiar with the the, the work, it's kind of like Mantec Chia's work, it was um, that the, they had a picture of the male and the female, and they were saying that to get the, I think he calls it the microcosmic orbit, maybe that's something different, but like the energy flowing between the man and the woman, the, the man is the penetrating force below and the women have to feel safe, but the woman is the penetrating force above. So we, we, we're penetrating from here. And, and he was saying that um, for a, a woman to love too much, that's what I see a lot is we think oh you can't love too much but to them it's as invasive and um uh what's the word as as uh, uh, not attacking is the wrong word but it's, it's an invasive as if they were trying to penetrate us down here it's like they have to be ready to receive it and if they're not ready to receive the love it's um they, they can't right it's it's not wow. it's um it's not in balance yeah, yeah, I love that imagery, too, you know, of the feminine penetrating from this space, right, yeah. and the masculine coming up from, you know, pretty much the lower chakras, right, and and that's so true, that's, that's a big part of the feminine's healing process, is because when we can, when we start getting into that distorted feminine energy, um, what, what can happen is that we can use emotions and the heart to, to be manipulative and so we can think like oh you can't love someone too much but push or force your love onto someone who is not ready to receive it like you mm -hmm. said 
actually controlling. And so although we tend to see control as like from the masculine sense of like physically controlling someone or, or blocking them, we can also control through emotion. And so both the masculine and the feminine are learning how to release the control of the other. Mm, Amazing. Amazing. So I feel like, you know, definitely in in recent times, most of our modeling of relationships has been uh, codependency and, you know, based on compromise. And to me, codependency is, um, you know, there's aspects of myself that I don't like. And if you ignore those aspects for me, I'll ignore (laughs) the aspects of you that you don't like for me. And so they're both parties are like holding themselves away from expressing their full potential because there's like an agreement between them that there's there's just areas where you don't go right and so a big part of this is is stepping into sovereignty can you speak on that yeah so that's that's a big part of that releasing of the control right because that codependence in that dynamic is really rooted in this belief that that you can have ownership or control another person and so once you release that belief then you step into your sovereignty and and that can be really hard because we want well let's just say this we go back to how I was explaining that you we experience things and then the external is is feedback for what's happening inside of us. Mm. We tend to want to assign what's happening outside of us. Like as that, that's the ultimate truth. That's, that's where it's all occurring when it's actually occurring on the inside. So then what happens is we assign people's behaviors or reactions to us um, with like their, then the role of like the, the bad guy or they're the one that's causing all of the problems right. instead of going in and taking ownership and responsibility for self and seeing why we call that person in. What are we trying to learn from that person? Because codependency isn't always negative. Sometimes we, we get into these relationships because there is an aspect that that person carries that we're mm-hmm. supposed to be learning how to embody ourselves. And so that's another way of bringing back the power and the sovereignty it's, it's honoring okay this person has mastered this this certain aspect of self that I would like to have mm-hmm. and so instead of relying on them to be that for us which puts a, puts a lot of pressure on another person we then can use them more as like this inspiration and so then we don't have to use them anymore mm-hmm. and we become complete and whole within ourselves mm-hmm. um so I'm really excited actually because I feel like <laughs> getting goosebumps already. I feel like um, you know, as you've been saying, we we have to find the inner union first, right? We have to find that inner union between the divine feminine and the divine masculine, and then we meet the external reflection of that in romantic relationships, but also within our friendships. And we're just creating a whole new paradigm. And to me, that is that is the, the foundation of new earth is that the, the, and I think I was speaking with Laura Fay about this in her last interview as well, but is 
you know, you, we can use the word leadership, but really we need a different kind of word, right? Because leadership implies a kind of hierarchy and this will be a different leadership mm -hmm. that our, our communities then will be founded on this space of unconditional love. That's, that's very exciting, right? <laughs> yes, it's so beautiful to think that we can get to the space where the heart is such a big part of the systems and the structures instead of just having these very cold systems and then having the heart on the outside that we then kind of access on the side or we sneak around to connect to right. and it will shift everything when we bring the soul and the heart back into everything that we do right do you see that happening do you see that something that's happening now do you see it happening in the next few years like how do you perceive that wave happening in the world I, I do believe that, you know, we've got many years to go. I, I feel that we're just starting. Right. And so a lot of people right now that are connected to these concepts and ideas are the way showers. And again, it's, it's kind of like that leadership, but it's, it's not leadership by um, force. It's leadership by example. Like I'll go first and I will show you all of my wounds. I will make mistakes. I will fall flat on my face in front of you and try to figure it out and make this space for you to feel safe to do the same mm -hmm. so from this distorted masculine of like I figured it all out and I have all the answers it's more of I haven't figured it all out but I have this undying urge within myself to um be one of the first and so I'm not afraid to go out there and look silly or crazy and make mistakes and put all my wounds out for other people to see um it's, so it's it's more of like this conviction to just keep going and evolving and not mm. get stuck in the loop right and also I feel like because it's a different kind of leadership it almost doesn't need to be seen because it's happening within the collective so when there is couples within the collective and families within the collective and communities as that grows that are based on those principles, just that power of the love, it's people in the next door house don't even need to know what's happening, but they're, they're just the love will somehow will reach them, right? Because of the power of that. Like when you feel it in yourself and then you feel it with your partner and then you imagine that spreading out, through a whole community that's so beautiful I completely agree it's it's this ripple effect and it doesn't have to be you don't have to be on the world stage uh to to demonstrate that and it's people people can feel it you know and so as each of us feels and brings our own masculine and feminine energy into balance it sends out that frequency to others and and then they can uh, download that template so to speak themselves brilliant brilliant Laura I'm so grateful I really I'm so grateful I found your work I'm so grateful you're here at this time spreading your message is there anything else that you wanted to get into that we didn't cover I think that that we we covered a lot of it I I do think you know a, a lot of what we're going to be seeing in in the next five to 10 years is a lot. I feel, you know, a lot of this 
um, masculine energy coming on board where we're going to have to set boundaries and um, assert ourselves and um, really, again, take ownership for our own stuff, not get into a victim mindset, but then also not allow ourselves to um, allow other people to pull us back into the old templates and the old paradigms. And so I think that that's one thing that I just wanted to, to, to bring up because there's so much of this feminine energy exploration that's happened in the spiritual communities, but we haven't really yet seen the divine masculine um, explored extensively. And I think that that's what's going to be coming right. again in the years the years to come. Right, right. That is something I share a lot as well currently is the need for compassionate boundaries because um, in the past, a boundary was like shutting your heart down to someone, right? And now we've learned how to live more within the heart space. It's how do you keep your heart open, but also put a boundary because, you know, as you're saying, I think there's going to be a lot of more chaos and and insanity happening in the world over the next few years. So how we how we protect that open heart space is is really important, right? Yeah, that's that's absolutely that's the divine masculine energy is being able to hold space for the feminine, the heart open feminine energy and find a way to set boundaries compassionately without force, without um, manipulation or uh, punishment or any of that. And it's it's not easy. And I think that's why we haven't really seen it yet yeah. because you either go into distorted masculine energy and just shut people completely out or you just cave in and do what they say because you're afraid of, of what's going to happen to you or speaking your truth. And so that middle space, we haven't really explored yet. And I feel that that's the next step for the collective. Amazing. Amazing. And anything else you wanted to share? I think, I think that's it. I think, Beautiful. I think we covered so much. Yes. <laughs> so how can people reach you? How can they find you? I'm so I'm most active on the Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is at Laura the Woken Mind, and there you can, you know, click on the, the top of my bio, and there's a link to any workshops that I have currently, and then also you can book individual sessions with me as well. So you do workshops online? Yes, yes. I um I haven't done one since last year. Um, um, but I may be doing one in the future. The last one was on grounding the divine masculine energy from within. So it is so much of like that exploring that. And, and that one was for feminines. It's exploring that ability to set boundaries with others through relationships, through work experiences, um, family karma or drama or things like that and trauma that's coming up um it's all about really those compassionate boundaries setting those so honoring your feminine and then bringing in your masculine as well and that's how we birth and embody the divine masculine within ourselves and then that then sends out that ripple effect and it really actually helps um a lot of core masculines because they can feel that 
it's it's very much like the feminine is birthing the divine masculine Oh, can you explain that? Yeah, I, you know, one way I live it out very, in a very literal sense is I have boys. And a lot of my friends too that, that I spend time with um, have boys as well. And we raise I have three sons. <laughs> Do you also? Oh, wow. Yes. So, so many of us that are working towards embodying the divine feminine are raising sons. And so we are... Um, demons I'm getting chills from that we are that you have three sons um we are demonstrating what it looks like to uh to embody that divine masculine through the way that we're raising our children and giving them that ability to demonstrate their masculinity but still have that that feminine access to that feminine side as well and I believe that that's how we're birthing the divine masculine like literally like some of us literally birth the divine masculine but in, in you don't have to be a mother to be able to do that right you can also birth that archetype within yourself and then also then you know set boundaries with anyone that's coming in that's not aligning with that type of energy and so for us as a mother it could be like if we see our son step into distorted the distorted masculine template we gently redirect we um, set an example and we also hold space for the masculinity without, you know, trying to emasculate them like the distorted mother would do, right? We hold space and say, yes, I see that masculine energy and it is different than the feminine energy and it can still be represented in a very um, masculine, um, active uh, speaking your truth, not hiding sort of way, but also be connected to the heart. And so a lot of women are doing that when they have like relationships that come in where there's maybe distorted masculine energy there. And then they choose to walk away from that person or speak their truth with that person. And then that person can choose to change or grow. And so I feel that's how we're recoding that template through our interactions with each other, whether it be with our own children or with romantic partnerships or just friendships. Right, right. I um for I would say about seven years I've only attracted women to my work and I've never advertised myself as just for women. I mean occasionally I'm doing a women's circle, but for some reason <laughs> it's all women. How do you experience it? Do you experience a lot of men that are interested in exploring these concepts with you? I mostly it's mostly women. Um, that that come to me to work one on one. I have a lot of men that that follow my work, and they may not contact me as often to go deeper. But that doesn't mean that they're not doing it because it definitely looks different with men and women the way that we do the internal work. And I kind of say that the the masculine likes to to really kind of go into the cave, and 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 do that healing work behind the scenes where the feminine is more open to being in a group setting and sharing and so we don't always see the masculine doing the work because the masculine doesn't always you know tend to go into a group setting to do that and it can be really challenging to go into that dark space alone and that's why we have to hold so much space for our men right now because you know mental health and the risk of suicide and all of that is really high with the masculine because the masculine tends to um 
to go within and hermit. And I, I know that I can do that as well with my masculine energy, especially being someone who puts out a lot of stuff um, to the collective. I have to go into my masculine energy for that. So when I need to ask for help, um, it almost feels like, oh, I can't do that because I've I've put myself out there, right? As as someone who's helping others. And so I can't ask for help. So that's very much masculine energy of like the endurer and the one that doesn't ever show any of the wounds. But I am seeing now that there are more men that are willing to open up and ask for help. It's still scary. Um, it still feels a little bit foreign. But I do see that there are men that are kind of like coming out of the shell more now. Right. And do you work with same-sex couples? Like how do you... How would you relate that work to someone who's not heterosexual? Yeah, I work with I work with people that are in all different types of relationships. So it's not even just monogamy either. And so really, again, I always focus on that internal relationship. So it doesn't really matter, you know, you know, who it is. You know, right. it can be a man or a woman, it can be multiple partners. It, it, it's it's always a reflection of what's going on inside. And so because I look at that inner relationship of the masculine and feminine, I then look at what's happening in a person's external relationship as just, again, the reflection of that to kind of just confirm, okay, yes, look, do you see how it's being shown in your external world? And so that allows, you know, releasing this attachment to that the masculine has to show up as a man or the feminine has to show up as a woman because right. is in our relationships too, we'll find that with women, right? We can have a women's circle, but have masculine and feminine energies in there at the same time. And so we can even come together and I've, you know, held space as the masculine for people in my life, um, men in my life, I've been the masculine at times. So it really doesn't matter, you know, what what the love looks like or what the relationship looks like right. it's again it's what's going on inside right and as long as it's coming from that integrated place that divine place is going to be healthy it's only when you get into distortion templates that it stops being healthy so in a way it doesn't matter who's embodying the divine feminine who's embodying the divine masculine as long as it's those energies we're good <laughs> absolutely because it's again it's we're all coming into union within ourselves and what we've created this this template of man and woman coming together into a marriage and then birthing children and creating a family that's all just an example of what's going on with our masculine and feminine energies and so it's really as above so below and so we've created these these systems and structures to represent the union of the masculine and feminine and we're giving each other a little bit more space and freedom to demonstrate that in different ways um, instead of just the traditional way yeah I actually feel that's a big part of the twin flame activation is that as we have more couples who are visible in the world where it is based on that pure love that unconditional love it actually creates freedom and space because the patriarchy is a model right of like like you said, the man has to own the woman. Maybe the woman's trying to own the man emotionally, but it's all based on a manipulation template. And actually, as we deconstruct that, it creates a lot more space for all kinds of different relationships rather than you have to have 
this heterosexual norm that everyone has to fit into twin flame because it's pure love it's unconditional love it creates space for acceptance of all different kind of relationships and being i feel like it creates acceptance for being single long term as well for men and women because it's like well if you don't want to have that love why would you settle for anything else so for a lot of women they've found like there's a a taboo maybe around you know not being in a relationship and I feel like it gives permission to for everyone to be on their journey wherever they are and not to feel like okay we all have to be this thing or this something wrong with us <laughs> right right and also seeing the romantic relationship as the ultimate right has really set us up for codependency right. because so many people are like okay well I have to have that romantic partner to um to have real experience true love and you can have true love with your friends right and so that's and that's a big part of the healing that i'm seeing with the masculine collective in general and in some ways the masculine is is more codependent than the feminine because the masculine believes okay so if i'm gonna open up i'm gonna have to have this one partner who i make my girlfriend or wife and that's the only person I can talk to or trust and open up to. And so then that really sets that ma- the masculine collective up for mental health issues or, or really, you know, going so deep in and not actually asking for help because they then think that that one partner is supposed to only be the only person that can do that for them. Um, and so we're really trying to get away from that and get to this place where we can all see each other as each other's mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, children. And get back to this place of oneness yeah amazing amazing so you're telling us you've got the website and you offer workshops and coaching and the instagram is there anywhere else where you put stuff out are you on tiktok or anything <laughs> um i'm on i'm on i just started twitter a while back um so it's still kind of small i have a facebook too laura the woken mind on there that's starting to get a little bit more active where people are commenting there and it's, it's a little bit of a smaller community. So it's, it's nice if, if the Instagram is too much. Um, and yeah, and then all on each of those, there's the link to, um, my link tree. And then you can see all the different offerings that I have at the time. Are you working on a book? Do you feel like there's a book on the way? Yeah, it's interesting that you asked, I've been, I've been asked that question for a long time. I, my, direct messages are always full with people asking like <laughs> when is the book coming and so I believe it it, it is coming it's it I can't put a date on it um and I, I definitely operate very feminine so very spontaneous and intuitively um again with some structure in there with my masculine energy but I do believe a book will be coming out in the near future amazing Laura thank you so much for everything you're sharing Thank you so much for having me. This is such, this has been such a beautiful conversation and I really appreciate you and the work that you do and for having me here to have this beautiful discussion today. Thank you.